0: Hey, fuck boys and fuck ladies. This is Tyler from Worst in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get into some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worst in the Industry are their own and in no way representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization. Yell at us, not at them. Maybe send me a dick pic every once in a while. That'd be cool. Thanks, and enjoy the show.
1: This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast.
0: Yes, awesome. the little, the little, the little rain showers at the grocery store is probably one of the most zen moments you can have. At a I just especially looking, being alone in the produce at the, section, looking at the produce and like just seeing them all getting their little showers.
1: And the like the thunder rumbling and the little lights that twinkle. Come on, mm. forget it. Come on, that was back when fun. going to the store was an experience. Yep. I uh. It's also why I liked the Rainforest Cafe. I was literally just thinking, like, I, I want to go back to the Rainforest Cafe. It's shit. We, Don't we go. Can just the food yeah, is the very overpriced.
0: Cafe. We can go to the Rainforest Cafe. But
1: it's not the same. I can't go there through the eyes of a child. Well, it's like how we can't go to Chuck E. Cheese
0: anymore because they're like...
1: You got to bring a kid. That's fine. I'll bring a kid. Every,
0: everything, no, I'll, here I'll is, a kid. everything here is visibly dirty. And... <laughs> We li- Our mascot's a rat, and why don't you he's a rat? eat pizza next to a fucking <laughs> explicitly child coughing
1: all over explicitly you? Explicitly not a mouse. He is a rat. Yeah, yeah. A rat. Oh, yeah. Charles Entertainment like, Cheese is a they're rat. They're like, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe <laughs> all the slices Harris. from your pizza look like they're from a different pizza and that we've been reusing pizza slices. Sure. Whatever. Don't ask questions. Why don't you watch these kids gamble at this child casino? Yeah. Why don't you watch these kids gamble, and then we're going to get a big man in a rat suit to fucking molest your children in the ball pit. (laughs) A a man whose middle name is a mere concept. I think that was the first security checkpoint ever went through was Chuck E. Cheese. Was Chuck E. Cheese?
0: (laughs) Are you a child? Yes? Go on.
1: Speaking of men...
0: And a Speaking rat of rats, that so. your children's hello, listeners, uh, welcome to the show. I wanted to start the show off uh, in the spirit of the holiday. Justin, what are you thankful for? Beer. Okay.
1: Colin, what are you thankful for? Um, uh, the natural decay of synaptic pathways. In the human brain what are you thankful for tyler
0: <laughs> i am thankful for you two. Aww. and not only
1: <laughs> you two. make us look like real assholes you're yeah, like for oh you we're two. glad we're
0: dying soon <laughs> i'm thankful for all of our listeners yes. and i wanted to tell you all that i love you very much
1: yes thank you to everyone who tunes into the show every week uh we appreciate the hell out of y'all Mm-hmm. Y'all i can take your leave you i'd be doing this anyway doing What this screaming one. yeah yeah colin yeah, that's, a whole, just, that's a whole huge portion of why just, we started the show is because this, you were doing this anyways in yeah, this exactly. instance we hit a record button and do a clap sync exactly. yeah like this is just a discord call for <laughs> this mm-hmm. is just a fucking wednesday for yeah. me bud. yep so uh i
0: don't have an intro how's oh, do the you, see, I, I, date
1: and I, I, land I tyler the uh, Sudet-
0: Justin has the Sudetenland. Yeah, uh, Justin, hey, I the Sudetenland.
1: Hello and welcome once again to the show, uh, where from the Sudetenland, uh, these three definitely not Nazis uh, attempted to, you know, kick out a little bit of living room and set our feet up so that way we have uh, some space to espouse our truths, which is again explicitly not Nazis. <laughs> My name is Justin St. Peter, and I kind of backed myself into a corner with this intro. Yeah, you did, bud. (laughs) To my left. It's Colin Stanley, and I was actually a member of one of the labor councils that was killed by proto-fascists, so definitely not a Nazi. To my left. My name is Tyler, and my family's from Poland, so... It it helps. That doesn't (laughs) imply that they weren't Nazis. There Not a lot of Polish Nazis. There were is, a lot.
0: As far as I've looked into, none of them were Nazis.
1: I, I was I like, cool, known. my last name's. I my continue. last name ends in
0: a ski, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> my name used to.
0: You know why that? you know why Polish people's last name end in ski, right?
1: Because like jerking off two guys at one time.
0: Because they couldn't spell toboggan. Anyway.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> Today um in the spirit of the holidays i was i was looking for in the spirit of the last episode as well someone that ruins christmases
1: yeah okay yeah yeah that's the new measurement we've been introduced to is ruined christmases
0: and i found my perfect man
1: he's your perfect man who's who's your man tyler who's your who's your perfect boy who's your dream who is your who's your uber grinch (laughs)
0: My Uber Grinch, the perfect, the perfect Christmas ruiner, by far, is a man named Albert J. Dunlap.
1: Would he get stuck in a chimney, roast alive while his children looked on in horror? Well, real fucking asshole. Is the Uber Grinch the natural enemy or the assistant of Adolf Hitler Claus? uh, (laughs) (laughs) The Uber Grinch is is the antithesis. To Adolf Hitler Claus, so <laughs> yeah, he's you it's know how Adolf Army? Hitler Claus, you know how Adolf Hitler Claus is like scampering down all those smokestacks. Well, the Uber Grinch will sneak into the bad boys and girls of Nazi Germany, and he'll uh, he'll leave the the charred remains oh. in their little boots and stockings oh. hung by the fire. Oh no, Colin! Oh, little buttons and bars of soap. Gold teeth. That is Loose handfuls of gold teeth. That's the territory we get into when I bring up Adolf Hitler Klaus. <laughs> the Ubergrinch. <laughs> the Ubergrinch? His heart grew sweet sizes that day. I'm pretty sure that Heinrich Himmler was the Ubergrinch <laughs> of the SS. <laughs> it was a secret rank in the Thule Society. Do, do you think that? the idea of an uber grinch implies a christmas themed nietzsche that there is like a man who fell in love with like a reindeer <laughs> maybe it's, so you, I, i'm sorry are you asking if there's like a, a who walking is around, there, a, is, there wrote, is there a nietzsche is there a nietzsche for Zara christmas i don't know if he It's the uh, the uber Grinch is on this mountain like oh I hate all of these who's the yule is dead and we have killed them. It's fuck all of these who-ish people. Uh, <laughs> Nietzsche he's, was not he's, anti-Semitic. He's, he was not no, I'm talking Soviet. about the I'm talking about the uber Grinch and his hatred. Oh, the uber cringe. Yes, his hatred of the human. Is he uber, is he well, he uber doesn't Grinch. like the who's the who's the who. He doesn't like this goddamn who-run media.
0: The Fjord, the Fjord Grinch. The
1: Grinch and Fiore,
0: The Grinch and
1: Fjord. That <laughs> was just spit out good beer. Almost, uh, i was spit so, out good
0: old beer. All right. Elle, uh, Albert J. Dunlop, uh, not affiliated with Dunlop Tires.
1: Not affiliated with Albert sure? Fish. Are we uh, sure? Yes.
0: We are sure not affiliated Dunlop Tires. All right. So, he was born in Hoboken, New Jersey on July 26, 1937. That's a whole can of worms being hey. from New Jersey. <laughs>
1: Ooh, bow,
0: bow. That's its own Ooh. spot. Gubba-goo. So, he said that his mom was a store clerk and his dad was a dock worker, but his sister said that his father was actually an incredibly successful boilermaker for United Engineers and his mother was a homemaker. So, conflicting stories there. I'm, yeah, more, claim, I'm more. I'm more like inclined to believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, either either he was either upper working class or like lower lower working class. Back I'm when probably you could still go- be upper working class. Yeah, was, that was back in when in the forties
1: actually got you money.
0: Yeah. So, um, much of his early life is shrouded in secrecy. Not many accounts. But what we do know for sure is that he graduated from West Point in 1960 with a degree in engineering where he was a boxer and reserved paratrooper training and then was stationed in a nuclear test site in Maryland. Um, And I'm going to quote here from (laughs) the worst CEO of all time from (laughs) (laughs) PennStateUniversity.edu.
1: Oh, and Penn State knows something about the worst of a given category.
0: Yeah, uh, quote. He said that I learned three phrases that directly apply to business there yes sir no sir no excuse sir this type of behavior is directly attributed to toxic leadership so much so that it has been codified by the united states army and army doctor in publication 622 army leadership and says that it quote shows leaders who consistently use dysfunctional behaviors to deceive intimidate coerce or unfairly punish others to get what they want for themselves Dunlap has led all of his organizations in this fashion, from Scott Paper Company to Sunbeam, by sacking corporate expensive, firing thousands of workers, growing the company's profits, stocks, higher to show short-term growth. On several occasions, Dunlap had, on record, said that he is beholden only to the stakeholders, as they take all of the risk and employees are accessories to the company. This thinking directly relates to Reed, from 2004, three is three components of the toxic leader syndrome that one an apparent lack of concern for the well-being of his subordinates two personality or interpersonal technique that negatively affects organizational climate and three a conviction by subordinates that a leader is motivated primarily by self-interest so this guy all he cares about is stakeholders of a company, because that's all that matters, as we have probably talked about before, yep. where prof- profits, layoffs, losses, doesn't matter. All that matters is the stock price of a company, realistically.
1: It's not about the pillows, folks. It's, never it's not about, about the, the
0: pillows. pillows. It was never about the pillows. It's all about how rich people feel about their money being invested in a company. That is the entire economy of the United States.
1: The transparent manipulation of stocks to enrich the already rich. Mm -hmm. Rich people vibe line.
0: Yep, so Albert had one mission. Maximize profits at all costs. So, after he left the military in 1963, he got his start in business at the Kimberly Clark Company. It's part of its manufacturing organizations. uh, Working the, quote, Third shift at a dirty, smelly paper mill. Kimberly Clark makes Kleenex and Cottonelle, name a few. Um, he worked there for four years before being hired by Sterling Pulp and Paper as a general superintendent and helped turn their operation more profitable. This is when he starts getting the reputation for becoming the guy that you hire at your company to turn your company around. Yeah. Make
1: it um, either more profitable or just appear to be more profitable. And this is uh, this sounds a lot like the way that nowadays we have these uh, private equity firms that are brought in to like hot, like, te- like Toys R Us, for instance, right? Toys R Us, and I'm sure we're going to do an episode on it. Uh, oh, yeah. Toys R Us was a very profitable company. They were declining in sales to an extent, but they were still way, way, way in the fucking black for a very long time. Yep. Uh, But they brought in a private equity firm to maximize their profits. And within a couple of years, every Toys R Us was shut down because yep. all they because. do is they, they, okay, how much can we cut from the actual operation to increase stock price? Mm-hmm. So our, our shareholders, our stockholders, they're going to get the bump, but, like, profits will dip and we're going to lay a bunch of people off and we're going to have to shutter a bunch of stores yep. and we're going to stop carrying quality products. It doesn't matter. Like, how much can I cut? For this, until this company is no longer existent, like, extant, and then yep. how much can I sell it for to make myself a bonus on the, on the back end?
0: Yep, because Toys R Us could have been saved um, in that I mean, they didn't really didn't even need saving. They, they needed to be saved because retail was dying at that point, and if they would have changed over from being a primarily retail environment to being a primarily warehouse environment and going more into online sales...
1: That's and going the, less yeah.
0: into the retail environment because that was the issue is retails dying walk into a mall retails almost dead everything is moving to warehouses if they went into a warehouse majority and like distribution kind of thing and they made their own supply chains as far as like shipping and all of that stuff things would have been much better for them, but they hired this private equi- equity firm that was like, we need to slash cost. And how do you slash cost? Start with employees, people. get rid of stores.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing so, to do. It's your biggest piece of overhead. Yep, Labor and locations sure.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So from here, he joined a company called Nitech, which was another paper mill company. Uh, he would be fired due to his abusive management style. Uh, but he was the president of this company from 1974 to 1976. After he was fired, turned out uh, he ran a tremendous accounting fraud scheme uh, with inflated inventory and non-existent sales.
1: The result of an
0: audit the result of an audit by a man named Arthur Young, showed that Nitec's five million dollar profit in 1976 was actually a 5.5 million dollar loss
1: wow this guy's good at writing the wrong numbers down
0: <laughs> yep Nitech sued albert dunlop but he would face no punishments due to Nitec needing to shut its doors because they they just shut down
1: Ah, the old Enron defense. Yep. You just uh, work because we don't insist.
0: Oh, we'll get back to Enron. He kept Nitek.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get back to Enron.
0: Oh, fuck me. Okay. He took Nitek off of his resume, and it wasn't widely known about this until the New York Times ran an article about him much, much later. Like, this happened in 74, 76. New York Times didn't run an article until, like, 1998
1: wow the yeah. rag of record so New Nitech he he basically
0: erased that he was ever involved with Nitech and nobody knew about what he did at Nitech. from here he joined and left a few different companies such as lily tulip cup who makes plastic plastic cups crown zillerbach a timber and pulp corporation and consolidated press holdings a media and publishing company in australia
1: It's so that's just like it's. I know that timber and like paper pulp and stuff they go very hand in hand. But like, Mm -hmm. oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm in pulp. I'm in pulpman. Uh, I'm a pulpman. You guys ever driven past a pulp mill or yeah, it smells terrible. My stepdad used to work at a fucking paper mill. Rotting human shit.
0: Yep, it's great. It's bad. It's bad. (laughs) It's bad. That's why he described it as being a. Smelly, smelly place dirty, that he worked yeah. at because yeah.
1: they are smelly dirty places mm-hmm.
0: so we're gonna get to his big money maker here like where he made enough money to never really
1: have to do anything ever again oh his great big fat ass his big old money maker i was about to say he's probably his big bolted <laughs> on fucking...
0: if you guys ever heard of a paper towel company called scott yes fuck yeah scott paper God damn it. that yep so he was hired in 1994 as a chairman and chief executive officer of the company and they were burdened by depressing earnings and high debt so they were in a bad spot for a l- large corporation
1: it's what a way to describe being bad at your jobs we are burdened by depressive income it's, and No, a lot of no, debt and a lot of debt you're yeah. fucking up bud
0: that's what yeah. you're doing. So, he masterminded an entire corporate restructuring. <laughs> Including, Is it,
1: was it structured in in a shape that's like it's it's three sides? uh
0: y- yes. It's, it's it's. I can't legally say it's a. It's like it's like a. Uh, it's triangular. It's, like Amway. it's, it's like a tetrahedron. Amway. It's like Amway. I can't say that it's it's a a, a PS. But I can say it's a it's a three D triangular shaped, uh, triangular sort of prism. corporate structure. It's a triangular um, prisms. So plot. this this corporate restructuring more towards a triangular prism, um, included thirty five percent of the workforce, which was eleven thousand people, immediately fired.
1: Eleven thousand jobs is they a sold, lot.
0: They sold off two billion dollars worth of assets.
1: Hey, that's the free market at work, baby. That's ah, that's how yeah. that's how the market operates. And you
0: wanna know you wanna know what's crazy is <laughs> by the time this happened and by the time he left, which was not long, it was like a year or two, uh the stock price soared two hundred and twenty five percent. That's
1: crazy. That's
0: it's wild? almost like
1: it's fucking illegal.
0: <gasps> yeah, from laying off eleven thousand people. Oh,
1: people are losing jobs. That means the stock price should go down, right? No. Yo, no, that's no. that's right that's yeah. the thing is like when people lose jobs that means the stock price goes down because the economy's bad because stock price is tied to whether or not people are employed that's why during the exactly. pandemic stocks went down right and the stock market suffered even though yeah the stock market yeah. 26 yeah. percent of yeah, working sure. class yeah. people were unemployed yeah
0: so stock price went up 225 percent by the time he left doing this doing all of that resulted in the kimberly clark paper company whom he formerly worked for putting in an offer to buy the company for 9.4 billion dollars he made 100 million dollars off of this sale including most of that money was in stock options for kimberly clark yeah so he made Enough money to be like fuck you,
1: fuck this. I'm not doing anything anymore. I have a hundred million dollars. It's the kind of money you even that if we it's in stock options, right? Like there, there are limits on how much stock you can, you stock options, options you can cash in, and like when they become fungible and all that fun stuff. But even then, he'd never had to work again a day in his life. He'd he'd caused no. enough human suffering to pad his future out. He could live very comfortably until the day he died. Yep. So
0: he rode this fame of being the corporate turnaround lawyer and he became the ceo of the sunbeam company in 1996 do you guys know what sunbeam uh,
1: is aren't they like dried fruits it's the name is familiar um, it's
0: sunbeam they own a lot of other companies like they're they're a, uh, a a corporate holdings company oh yeah they, conglomerate. they own they're a conglomerate they own a lot of other companies Um, so at this time they had record earnings of 189 million dollars. so they were already like riding pretty high he said within 45 days of him becoming the CEO he would completely restructure the company and by 1999 he would double the sales to 2 billion dollars
1: what a fucking shot clock to put up there oh wait it's really easy when you're committing fraud he's just gonna lie yeah, and
0: guess what he did? He closed thirty-nine out of forty-three. Uh, sorry, thirty-nine out of fifty-three plants, and cut the workforce in half from twelve thousand to six thousand people. And the thing that that really is upsetting about that is not only that he ruined six thousand Christmases.
1: That's a lot of Christmases. Minimum six thousand Christmases.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the fact that. Those six thousand people that are left are left with doing the work of those other six thousand people for the same amount of money per hour that they would have made, as if twelve thousand people were. So they you're, just you're they reallocated problem. the responsibilities of those people and said, "Fuck you, you're making whatever twelve dollars an hour. Yeah, you can do double the work."
1: Lucky if they were making twelve dollars an hour, oh, yeah. especially yeah. at the time. It's, awesome. yeah, exactly. it's stuff like this today too. Yeah, just like, it's, to say... it's
0: the it's the productivity paradox, which is the fact that we've made we've made our productivity so much better. In the fact that so our productivity is here now, right? It's here, and then we're gonna make it to here, right? Higher. We're gonna make it a little bit higher, right? Yeah, just a little. And then we're gonna higher. make it a, a little bit higher and a little bit higher and a little bit higher and a little bit higher until it's unattainable anymore. Because productivity is, it's bullshit. Like, There's it doesn't fucking matter. It's the whole, you got time to lean, you got time to clean bullshit. Like, it's its not real. It's the fact that even if you are good at your job, you're not going to make any more money. You're not going to be able to fuck around for the next 20 minutes, even though you finished your job in 10 minutes, versus the half an hour that they expect you to finish it in. It's the, no, you should be doing something else in that extra 20 minutes.
1: Mm-hmm it's oh it took you you know a third as long then you should be producing three times as much yeah it's, exactly you know, you're punished and for then doing from there
0: job. they're going to be like you know what you should be producing four times as much now you should be yeah. producing five times as much now you should be it just goes up and up and up from there until you have unattainable goals for a workforce that is incredibly exploited i don't like using the term burnt out because you are being exploited if you are burnt out
1: yeah. Burnout means that somebody is taking advantage of you. Exactly. Um, and I do think it bears mentioning this at this point in time. Uh, what what year are we at, Tyler? Uh, this what, is 1996. So over the course of like 20 years, this guy has basically laid off a little over a thousand people a year on average. If you take, mm-hmm. if you take all the layoffs that he's been personally responsible for um, one man over the course of two decades is able to uh, lay off tens of thousands of people, uh, but no, and if you get, the problem with unions is you have to pay dues. They take they take money out of your paycheck. And really, what do you get out of it? Uh, and you know what you get out of it? You get protected from people like Albert fucking Dunlap. Yeah. And one of those companies, that Nitec company, is now completely shuttered
0: and doesn't have anybody working there anymore. So all of the people don't have jobs anymore because of this guy.
1: Nobody wants to work anymore, actually, Tyler. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, just because nobody has any work. People are again. lazy and nobody wants to work. Yeah, Yeah, it's
0: not like we need to do a general strike or anything. So anyway, um, so around this time that he became CEO of Sunbeam, he said on a conference call, quote, I love every dollar like a brother. (laughs) And I would have hung the previous management for incompetency.
1: Thank God he couldn't. Yep. If they're management, it's fine. You can hang those people.
0: Well, I know, but he would have hung up <laughs> a lot of other people. It's, uh, instead of laying
1: people off, he probably would have just killed them. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the it's the it's the fascism is just capitalism's like window dressing, you know. Yeah. It's thinly veiled fascism, anyway. No. Veil uh, so thin, it's not even there. <laughs> it's like it's a so... sheer. It's like your mom's sheer nightgown, just just barely able to cover. The, the see, nightmare Colin, fuel. let's not talk your... about your mommy issues. <laughs> 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 it's okay, buddy. It's okay. Save it for therapy. It's fine. I'll just keep drinking. So, yeah, March
0: March of, March, of 1998, was that the year Colin was born?
1: No, it was the year after. Oh, you're 97. Okay. Mm-hmm. Year of the Ox, I believe. No, you're the that tiger. That explains a lot. That I'm surprised <laughs> creates it's a lot more confusion. You're no, the yeah, Cock. you're the, the cock. I, I think it is Year of the Ox. So, March of
0: 1998, Sunbeam acquired the Coleman Company, which I'm sure you guys all know who Coleman uh, is. The yeah, lamps! <laughs> lanterns, grills, the tents. Love a good Coleman shit. grill. Coffee machine maker, Signature Blends, who makes Mr. Coffee. Is and first alert, the smoke detector company.
1: Huh. Oh, I really don't want this guy in charge of the smoke detector company. Yeah, that's definitely something that we don't need any corners cut on. They're already round. Yeah. I think guys, don't worry. We brought Mr. Magoo in. He's gonna be head of head of design at our new uh, eyeglasses company. I think it's gonna work out really well for our investor. It's alright. Yep. He's got the front of the rope, everyone. So from this, Sunbeam's stock price
0: went up nine percent. Which they were already a large conglomerate at that point hmm. going up nine percent like quickly is incredible oh 100 for, for a for a because most people would invest in sunbeam for a long-term investment oh yeah it, going up nine percent within like a fiscal year is insane yes,
1: yes. do, do you know how much time pet pa- like uh, with the the time between the the beginning and the increase uh was uh, i believe it was from the time they bought like
0: coleman to the time they bought first alert and like the the jump
1: was like maybe um, like two months holy shit a nine percent increase in two months overall Ooh, that's fucking wild jesus he is
0: is only beholden to the stakeholders that is all he cares about is who is invested in
1: the company he doesn't give a shit about and not even not even them personally just the algorithmic uh Mm -hmm. the algorithm algorithmic reward of getting that stock price up the, the he investors was, he was are a not crypto people.
0: bro pre crypto bro. Yeah.
1: Exactly, and investors are not like it's not like oh I get to make Jeff some more money. It's like no I they are like stand they are like anthropomorphized capital at that point. They are stand-ins yeah. for the system. Precisely. So, <laughs>
0: but some Sunbeam and its investors started like noticing some issues. What? They claimed the issues were his predatory management style. We <laughs> he dress I mean, up like a shark?
1: Granted, a problem.
0: But in reality, it was due to the accounting fuckery.
1: <laughs> also a it, problem,
0: so... In 1998, at a board meeting, he was confronted by a financial analyst. And his reaction to said confrontation was that he grabbed this guy in a shareholder meeting by the shoulder, put his hand over his mouth, and said, quote, You son of a bitch. If you come after me, I'll come after you twice as hard.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's that's psychotic, but I do kind of love that behavior. We'll we'll get to his psychopathic traits. That's very homoerotically charged. Jay, you yep. come after me. I'm, gonna I'm gonna come after, after you every way you know how. I'll find you in the stall. I'll find you in the stairwell. i will find I'm gonna, you in, gonna, in. you were so I'll good. I'll find you in the parking garage. I'm going to fucking just wet my whistle on your little fucking beehole. Just going to get in there real nice. Twice as hard. Twice as hard. So,
0: he was fired not long after that. Oh,
1: ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Really? really? The the open, like, pseudo-sexual assault didn't earn him any brownie points? Um, But not until 2001, so three
0: years after this, he was sued by the SEC for, guess what?
1: Massive accounting fraud. Fraud. I like how the SEC is like, yeah, we'll do our job sometimes, I guess. Uh, the investigation turned up that he concocted
0: a plan in 1996 to make it seem like... In 1996, the year that he became the CEO of Sunbeam, he made a plan to make it seem like there was a greater loss than actually happened. So Uh, he he made it um, seem like it was, like, way down. And then so that way, in 1997, it seemed like the increase was way higher, Mm -hmm. right? According to the SEC... 60 million dollars of earnings in 1997 were fraudulent he also implemented practices of something called channel stuffing and illegal bill and hold i'm going to explain to you what channel stuffing and and building building bill and hold is now so channel stuffing is when a company inflates its sales figures through forcing more products through their distribution channel then the distribution is actually capable of selling. So they will sell more to their distribution channel and let it sit in a warehouse mm. than the distribution channel is like capable of moving to re- retail stores and selling. So it looks like you are selling way more than you are. Bill and hold is when a company recognizes revenue of sales... Before the sales actually take place, this is incredibly illegal. One example of this is showing the soaring number of Coleman grills selling in the winter. Huh. Why are grills selling in the winter? People don't buy grills in the winter, right? Like that's
1: a summer buy. Like no, of course. They, hey, nice hey, out- hey, 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 hey. a summer buy. Is, yeah. you, you know what, I love some good ice grilling. You don't buy a so, snowblower in the fucking, you know, in the, the, you know, July, okay? I'm not buying a Coleman grill exactly. in the middle of December.
0: So what they would do is they would put that on their sales figures for the winter, is being like, hey, we sold this many Coleman grills in the winter. When they actually didn't, they were just anticipating that many to be sold in the spring.
1: And then mm-hmm. they count them again, probably. <laughs> yep,
0: yeah. and then they count it again. Exactly. So, the SEC said that he, quote, orchestrated a fraudulent scheme to create the illusion of a successful restructuring of Sunbeam and facilitate the sale of the company at an inflated price. He was going in there being like, we need to make this company look way better than it actually is so that way we can sell it for more money than it's actually worth.
1: Oh, he was, he was pumping and dumping on a conglomerate level. That's fucking yeah. fantastic. I Which love is that. ballsy as hell. Like, I gotta give it to him.
0: That is fucking, that's big dick energy. When
1: you do not have any human empathy and every other person in the world to you is, like, a completely mindless fucking vegetable, you start acting very confidently. Because you're like, well, I'm just better. I'm just smarter and better than everybody else in the world. They will never catch me. So, from here, he got sentenced to life in prison. Without I'm the sure possibility
0: of parole. I'm just kidding. <laughs> actually, I'm sorry, listeners. I'm just kidding.
1: Oh.
0: He actually settled this
1: with the SEC for $500,000. Trump changed. This guy made over $100 million in stock options on one transaction. Yeah, that's fucking nothing. Uh, so he settled for $500,000. And
0: he was banned from serving as an officer or director of any public company and the could department definitely of justice the department of justice also investigated sunbeam but guess what huh.
1: no charges they were ever never, filed I bet you know what it's weird i bet they never found anything damning i
0: nope. think
1: you're full of shit tyler the doj has never done anything illicit or you know not persecuted somebody when they could or You know, let maybe uh, a man immigrate back from the Soviet Union to, uh, you know, uh, Dallas. So. Never happened.
0: From here, he was sued by the shareholders of Sunbeam, and he agreed to pay personally $15 million to settle the allegations. No court. He's never, like, gone to a court case. He's never done any of this bullshit. He has settled every single thing out of court for money. That's something you do when you're innocent. Fucking thing exactly yeah
1: it's like what ford did with the so, pinto it's what rockefeller did all the time with uh, standard oil same yep. thing. donald so trump with he all paid of his sexual and domestic abuse allegations
0: exactly exactly so he paid 15 million dollars settle it out of court right easy peasy lemon squeezy doesn't fucking matter
1: hey, just shut fun out a couple fact
0: of fun fact you want to know what accounting firm was overlooking Sunbeam the whole time he was doing all of this fraud? Huh. It was the same one that was charged in the Enron scandal.
1: Oh, boy, the creative accountants—they
0: are Very such a—they are such a good accounting firm that they didn't even catch fraudulent fucking transactions.
1: they did didn't—they didn't catch, uh, transactions occurring multiple like times. Blatant, blatantly,
0: blatant. Fucking fraudulent shit. And they were like, yeah, yeah, you just fucking brush that under the table.
1: Well, they're getting paid, man. They're getting yeah. fucking paid. What you, there's a lot people do when they're getting fucking cheddar in their pockets. Yep. I Speaking will which, uh, I will shill for any company. You want to sponsor said, the show. Yeah, thank you, Colin. I going to say, we've said previously. <laughs> please please give us TK money. Please give us give money. Us money. I, we are complete dogs of war. We are at your fucking disposal. So. One thing I want to get into here, dear listeners,
0: is something deeper, something more intellectual. Oh, no. About this man. It is well known that Albert Dunlop possessed many traits that could be attributed to a psychopath. Huh? When writer John Ronson went to visit Albert for the GQ feature, Your Boss is Actually a Psycho, which is adapted from Mr. Ronson's book, The Psychopath Test, A Journey Through the Madness Industry. Mr. Ronson based his questions off a list of traits assembled by a psychologist named Robert D. Hare. I'm gonna read off that list now. One, glibness, superficial charm. Two, grandiose sense of self-worth. Three, need for stimulation, proneness to boredom. Number four, pathological lying number five cunning slash manipulative number six lack of remorse or guilt number seven shallow effect number eight callous slash lack of empathy number nine parasitic lifestyle number ten poor behavioral controls number eleven promiscuous sexual behavior number twelve early behavioral problems number thirteen Lack of realistic long term goals. Number 14, impulsivity. Number 15, irresponsibility. Number 16, failure to accept responsibility for own actions. Number 17, many short term marital relationships. Number 18, juvenile delinquency. Number 19, revocation of a conditional release. Number 20, criminal versatility. And what we're going to do here now, dear listeners, is we're going to read. A section from Mr. Ronson's book and Mr. Ronson's GQ write-up. Uh, Colin is going to be doing the voice of Mr. Albert, and Justin. Is you can going call me Al. And Justin is going to be doing the voice of Mr. Ronson.
1: Mr. John Ronson.
0: And I am going to be doing the uh like in between kind of narrative part of
1: of this for the record john ronson is my new news news name news news back back <laughs> to the helicopter with john Ronson. john Ronson, you're on the scene you, you said you have some information for us about roy moore i'm john ronson i've got some special information about roy moore he's on fire Well, thank God. John, you're going to need to pull your chin off of your chest. It looks like the skin is fusing together. Back to you. All right.
0: So anyway, dear listeners, here is the write-up from Your Boss is Actually a Psycho.
1: (laughs) You visited a plant one time. You asked a man how long he'd been working there. He said, 30 years. And you said, why would you want to work at a company for 30 years he saw it as a badge of honor but you saw it as a negative a negative to me and here's why if you're going to stay someplace you become a caretaker a custodian life should be a roller coaster not a merry-go-round i wrote in my notepad lack of
0: empathy shall we get some iced tea on our way back to the kitchen I noticed a framed song lyric on his desk, written in fancy calligraphy, a few lines which read, It wasn't easy to do what he had to do, but if you want to be liked, get a dog or two. Sean had it done for my birthday. Sean was Sean Thornton, Al's longtime bodyguard.
1: If you want to get a friend, get a dog. We've always had to. I hedged my bets. (laughs) their their lives mean nothing to me. (laughs) I
0: laughed, but I knew this wasn't the first time he used this line. Michael Douglas (laughs) says something like it in wall street. It was also on page 12 of the preface of Dunlop's autobiography, mean business. I wrote in my notepad, glibness slash superficial charm. He is always ready with a quick and clever comeback, but may actually provide very little useful information. We gathered in the kitchen, Al, Judy, Judy is his wife, Sean the bodyguard, and I cleared my throat.
1: You know how I said in my email that your amygdala might not shoot the requisite signals of fear within your central nervous system, and that is perhaps why you've been so successful and so interested in the predatory spirit? Yeah, it's a fascinating theory. It's like Star Trek. You're going where no man has gone before. Why are some people enormously successful and others not at all? The kids I went to school with had a lot more privileges than me, but they're not successful. Why? What's different? Something's different. It's a question that's on been on people's minds for generations. And that's why when you mentioned that amygdala thing, I thought, hmm, that's very interesting. I'll talk to this fellow. Die. I have to tell you that some psychologists say if this part of your brain doesn't work properly, it can actually make you... What? Dangerous? Sorry, I can't hear you. Dangerous. In what respect? It can make you... A psychopath. Al, Judy,
0: and Sean, the bodyguard, stared at me for a long time. I was in over my head. What did I think I was doing? I'm not a licensed medical professional or a scientist, nor, if I'm being honest with myself, am I actually a detective? I blamed Bob Hare. He hadn't told me to do this, but I never would have had I not met him. His checklist gave me a false confidence that I could make my way in this land of psychopaths. But if I'm not a detective, not a psychologist, and I didn't even score that well when I self-diagnosed with the dsm 4 They looked at once deeply angry, befuddled, and disappointed. Al let me into his home, and I was being compelled by circumstance to ask him if he was a psychopath. It is not illegal to be a psychopath, but still, it's probably very insulting to be asked if you are one.
1: I'm... Got a list of personality traits written down here that define psychopathy. Who the hell are the people who create this list? What are their names? I bet I never heard of them.
0: At this point, I realized I could turn the situation around. Make Bob take the blame in this absentia for this unpleasantness.
1: Bob Hare.
0: I said. I pronounced his name quite clearly.
1: Bob hair i never heard of him
0: said al triumphantly glint in his eye
1: never heard of him he's a psychologist
0: i said i exhaled to indicate that i was feeling the same way he presumably did about the psychologist al pointed towards a gold cabinet in his office inside which were the photographs of him with henry kissinger donald trump prince charles ronald reagan carrie packer Rush Limbaugh and Jeb Bush as if to say, those are men I've heard of. So that list? Said Al. He looked suddenly intrigued.
1: Go ahead! Let's do it! Okay.
0: I said. I pulled it out of my pocket.
1: Are you sure?
0: "Yay!
1: Let's do it! Alright. Item one. Superficial charm. I'm totally charming! I am totally
0: charming! He, Judy, and Sean laughed, easing the tension.
1: Grandiose sense of self-worth. This would
0: have been a hard one to deny, standing as he was below a giant oil painting of himself. Also, on my way there, he had made a detour to Florida State University in Tallahassee to see the Dunlop Student Success Center. It had been built with funds from a $10 million donation from Al and Judy and was an ostentatious monument to them and their German shepherds. No
1: question. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else
0: will. Is there another list of good things, said Judy?
1: (laughs) Need for stimulation slash proneness to boredom? Yeah, I'm very prone to boredom. I gotta go do something. Yeah, that's a fair statement. My mind does not stop working all night! Manipulative! I think you could describe that as leadership. Inspire! Are you... okay with this list? Yeah,
0: sure, why not? And so the morning continued, with Al redefining many psychopathic traits as quote-unquote leadership positives. Impulsivity was just another way of saying quick analysis. Some people spend the week weighing the pros and cons. Me? I look at it for 10 minutes, and if the pros outweigh the cons, go. Shallow effect, an inability to feel a deep range of emotions, stops you from feeling some quote-unquote nonsense emotions. A lack of remorse frees you to move forward and achieve more great things.
1: You have to judge yourself at the end of the day. Do I respect me? And if you do, fine. You've had a great run. You feel... Good about yourself. I do. Oh, I do. Looking back at my life is like going to a movie about a person who did all this stuff. My gosh, I did that? And through it all, I did it my way. What about the way you treated your first wife? Uh, I... i bet at West Point, you go from this glamorous lifestyle to being some young married lieutenant at some remote base. At that young age, it's an extremely difficult transition. So you saw your wife as something that was holding you back? I, I was stationed at a nuclear missile site. You're dealing with nuclear weapons. I was there doing during the Cuban Missile Crisis. The job's very serious. You've got a mission. If you failed the mission, A lot of people could be seriously hurt. And does that commitment conflict with your family life? Of course it does.
0: Al was referring to the time during the Cuban Missile Crisis that he left his five months pregnant wife home alone with no food or access to money, and she had to call her mother and sister for help.
1: Oh, one more thing. (laughs) When you see a crime scene photograph, something really grotesque, someone's face blown apart do you react with horror no i think i intellectualize it really it makes you curious it's absorbing like a puzzle to be solved curious as opposed to oh my gosh that's frightened me
0: i was leaning forward peering at him over my glasses carefully scrutinizing him he clarified
1: yeah, what, what enters my mind is, what happened here, and how can it be prevented from ever happening again? You cannot be a leader and cringe from evil and badness. You gotta face it. The basic definition of leadership is the person who rises above the crowd and gets something done, okay?
0: Albert Dunlap would go on to die in Escola, Florida in 2019, which beforehand he had donated millions of dollars of his own money to Florida State University and other charities to attempt to right some wrongs that he did.
1: When in reality,
0: we can all see through his false charitability, stare directly into the eye the fraudulent, unhinged Christmas ruiter, whose only loyalty was the other rich idiots to whom He only helped make richer, himself included. And I'm going to finish with a quote from his autobiography, Mean Business. I'm a superstar on my field, much like Michael Jordan in basketball and Bruce Springsteen in rock and roll. My pay should be compared to superstars in other fields, not the
1: average CEO. Of course this guy loves the boss. He totally misses the message of god what a fucking this guy what a really piece is of shit fucking, he's the Obergrinch. yeah like, this guy is the uber grinch like it he oh my god like what a fucking monster yeah he's oh been, man. you know that's the thing about albert dunlap is like he talks about not being paid like the average ceo and it turns out most ceos are a lot like fucking albert dunlap well they're just goddamn psychopaths, and that's the thing that allows you to be successful in business. Hey man, exactly. that's that's the thing, right? That's like what we talk about all the time. Capitalism is antithetical to humanity. So to be good and successful within capitalism, you have to be somebody who is at their core separate from humanity. And psychopathy exactly. is a really effective way of doing that. Yeah, it
0: really puts some yep. distance. And between that's why and the I would suggest us. I would suggest everybody to read John Ronson's book. The Psychopath Test, A Journey Through the Madness Industry. This is just part of his book.
1: Yeah, this is this is an article that was pulled from his book.
0: Yeah. This was a write-up on GQ of part of his book. Read this book. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. Holy feel shit. I feel
0: bad. Yeah. I just yep. feel bad. So I, I dropped a bomb on you boys tonight. I don't think y'all were expecting this
1: one. I don't know. It, d- yeah, there's it no there's respective. no assaults, so I'll, I'll call it a win. Yeah, this, I mean, technically, this was one of our lighter episodes. Nobody died in a fire or anything. Well, so. he
0: does have pictures of him with, uh, let me read that list again.
1: Oh my yeah. god. I, the fucking, the, the, the <laughs> fucking murderers row, of, let like. Me, let me find. Of, where is that list? I, I would just like to say that I got it. Bush it's... that's on the list is Jeb. Everybody on this, everybody Henry, on this Henry list Kissinger, is a piece of shit.
0: Henry Kissinger, Donald Trump, Prince Charles, petophile, Ronald petophile, Reagan, petophile, petophile. Kerry Packer, Rush Limbaugh, and Jeb Bush.
1: What if? What if? What like this is like Please the clap. this is the rat pack Please of clap. being a piece of shit, like. <laughs> Come on. Oh, God. Jeb is the Sammy Davis, if, you are, if no, you're wondering. No, Jeb's the fourth guy that nobody knows. Please clap. Is Ronald Ronald Reagan Sinatra, does that mean Kissinger is Dean Martin? Yeah. Yeah, Kissinger is Dean Martin. Okay. Is yeah. Prince Charles... Donald Tra- Trump Sammy Davis Jr. No, I think Prince no, he's Charles... Not cool enough to be Sammy Davis Prince, Jr. Be, being, being British is like being black if you're rich. So that's prince charles is the sammy davis jr i don't know if that statement's true but i'm not rich and probably will never be so oh uh, all right any hoosers any hoosers yeah, thank- that's uh,
0: a man you guys probably didn't know a lot about
1: no i didn't Nope. no that was uh, there's that was probably a hundreds lesson. more just like him floating around exactly yeah.
0: well uh i hope you all have a great week hope you all have a great uh, had a great thanksgiving because this episode will come out after thanksgiving
1: this will come out the day after I black friday in chicago but i will definitely be watching the metrics all day because that's exactly you be sitting there on the train on the way just like all right how many views Ooh, i love yeah. i love i love paying six dollars on for train. one beer on amtrak that's always good to me bring Max, your own beers you know what bring yeah, your own not beers you don't bring your own beers because they're very like clearly not on the train beers it <laughs> but, doesn't matter you know bring a flask it's, who's they don't have trained cops yeah what are they gonna nah, do they'll, they'll me? throw you off at the stop yeah there's like they have trained cops they're not like cops but they're like amtrak like so. Were, I, so
0: i could i could fight one legally
1: uh i mean you can't technically fight anybody legally you could always yeah. be charged with assault but <laughs> all right well before we get off into another tangent about america's failing train system uh Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Worst in the Industry. Do we have a, do we have a call to action? The, uh, the call to action is bullshit. understand that like all of your CEOs have been sociopaths and psychopaths. Yep, they've
0: all been psychopaths, sociopaths. They've yeah. they've had traits
1: for that. Oh, there, the is, there is a way to succeed in business, and it's by being a fucking asshole. It's, yep. it's by not really trying. Yeah. God Great damn it, Colin. The queen is entering phase two, guys. Well, it's a new world. Bye. Bye. Bye.